Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And that's like an old Catholic kind of like, don't shine too much. Now, no one told me that, but I have experienced it, especially with women. I don't want to make someone feel bad. If I get too much attention, will someone be mad at me? There's something in there that I still think sometimes, even though intellectually I go too bad. This is Finding the Throughline, the show that gives you inside access to honest conversations about the creative process. I'm Kate Hanley. Today's guest is Terry Trespicio, author of Unfollow Your Passion, a speaker whose TEDx talk, Stop Following Your Passion, has been viewed over 8 million times and one of my favorite humans. Today, we're talking about inner stuff. The stuff that happens between your ears that impacts your work, whether you are fully aware of it or not. So, Terry, I'm curious, does creating work and then sharing that work with the world come easily to you? It seems as an outsider that it does, but I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Creating and sharing, Mm -hmm. do they both come easily? I guess I see them as, as very different things, right? There's the part where you're getting ready, where you're thinking about what it is you're making and for Mm -hmm. whom. And then the sharing part, I think is, for some people, they dread that part maybe, but I think of it as the celebration of what you've made because it's so fun to share it. I do find that fun, especially if I'm very proud of the thing that I did for someone or have prepared for them. So I find it easy in the way that you find something easy when you've tread that path enough and there's just a path there. So to me, if I weren't making something and about to share it with someone, I would wonder what I was doing with my time. So yeah, I find it really easy, but not no big deal. I find it easy in the sense that it is not not a heavy lift to do these things, but there's ease. So I think I want to make a distinction there between easy, which is like, oh, it's easy to do XYZ and ease, which is sort of a way in which you approach a thing to remove as much friction so you can do it, but not that it's simple. I like to aim for ease in the work. Did you always feel that sense of ease? Was it like, no, I'm a nervous wreck. I'm an anxious, nervous <laughs> wreck. I, I didn't always find ease in it. I did the same thing. Oh, well, I'm worried. What, but what am I supposed to do? Uh, there's all, so much worry. They're like a like bats let out of a cave. Like I just think my mind gets filled with those bats. Like, blah, 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 blah. and I've learned to trust myself a little bit and say, okay, you're not going to do everything and you're not going to do everything perfectly. Like, what's the main goal? Like shifting the goal to who are you helping? What is the impact of this thing? Rather than how good is it? That was never real helpful for me. And so I I've started to not pay attention so much to having something be exactly right. It might look like, oh, you mean you're winging it now? No, but I do a lot less prep for things than I used to. Partly because practice and partly because I realize some of the stuff I waste a lot of time on didn't really matter anyway. Mm. Yeah. Is there any part of it, any part of creating and sharing work that just 
skeeves you out, scares you, I don't know, hitches you up in some way? And how do you work with that resistance? I mean, you mentioned the bats and the the worries like bats. Is there anything else that you struggle with? In terms of literally like getting out in front of people? Well, yeah, just, you know, getting Terry out into the world, whether that's standing on a stage. I mean, you do a lot of different things, right? But yeah, I get a little bit embarrassed, I think, sometimes. Not embarrassed like, oh, I'm a dummy. But like, as much as I'm, I love a stage, I love a hot mic, like I love to perform. <laughs> when you get the chance and the privilege to do that for people, and maybe you're at an event and people come up to you or that, I get very embarrassed by some of that attention. I mean, at heart, I am an introvert, really, like more introvert than not. And so I actually find it hard to take in when people are like, oh my God, da, da. And I'm like, oh my God, really? No, that can't be right. Like, thank you. You don't mean it. Like, I find that hard to take in. And then I feel almost, I guess, it, it just shy or embarrassed about it being like, oh God. And I think it's an old fear of like, don't make a fuss because maybe you'll upset someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's like an old Catholic kind of like, don't shine too much. Now, no one told me that, but I have experienced it especially with women. I don't want to make someone feel bad. If I get too much attention, will someone be mad at me? There's something in there that I still think sometimes, even though intellectually I go to bed, but I still do worry that somehow I will be offensive or make someone else feel bad because I did a great job. And when that fear is coming up, I mean, that you know, embarrassment is like, it's not something you can squelch, you know? How do you work with that? I think just the only way to deal with it, and again, you tug on your Catholic roots, is like humility. You just say, I'm lucky to do it. If I see it all as a privilege, which it is, then if I'm lucky to do it, even if somehow someone feels threatened or feels bad because of me, I know that it wasn't that I took it lightly. I don't take those things lightly. I take them you know, with both hands, with humility, and I like to think some grace, right? But yeah, I guess there is something, uh, I've lost friends over it, actually. I mean, I know it was because I can shine. I can sometimes make someone feel I have outshined them. And I never want to do that. So I'm very self-deprecating. I put myself down so that no one else feels bad. So I think it is hard to receive those things. I think I am not unique in that way either. No, you're not. I'm curious We've talked about this a little bit, but maybe there's more to unpack here. What kinds of things does your inner critic love to tell you? I think about the critic is that when it comes to, if we had all our critics in a room and sat them all down, they'd probably dress the same. They probably sound the same. They're very cliche, right? My critic will say things like, well, you don't really know what you're doing. And if you try more, if you try to do this more, like you really don't know. And you'll obviously hit a dead end. Like what you're saying won't be real. It's kind of a, this is a joke. Like, you're a joke. This, you can't actually do this. You've gotten by somehow, but, you know, the end is coming. This is not sustainable. You are not sustainable. This is it. You've reached a limit or your best days are behind you. Like, there's a million of those kinds of things. But that's why the most freed I have been has been in the past 10 years, I felt more free than ever. Again, I think that's part of the gift of aging. But realizing that the critic is the least interesting or original part of me 
means that when I'm in the act of creating in a flow or in the act of sharing something and connecting with other people, there's no room for that critic. I don't have space for him. So I just sort of fill up the space with putting my attention elsewhere and I find that freeing. So I decide that if the critic says, you're not a big deal and you're going to embarrass yourself and you're going to be this way, then I say, okay, then it's not about me then. It's about the work, the other people. If I make it about those things, then there's nothing to criticize. I feel freer on stage than maybe most people because I feel like I know a secret, which is that you disappear up there into whatever you're sharing. So if you're sharing, if you're giving a talk or you're up in front of people, whatever, they're actually not looking at you. They're looking through you to what you're telling them. And so I can disappear into it. And if I'm not there, there's nothing for the critic to criticize. It's taken me really like a long time to kind of get to that. But I just go, I don't, I don't care. I don't encourage it. I don't invite that kind of feedback. I don't read comments on articles. I just don't make space for it. Got it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Do you mind telling us how old you are? Yes. Well, I just turned 50 mm-hmm. a few months ago. Well, depending on when everyone hears this, let's just say I'm 50. I'm going to stay right at 50 because it feels great so far. <laughs> and how do you feel that getting older has impacted the things that you do every day? And this can relate to work, of course, but it could be other things too. So we've talked a little bit about how it relates to work. So maybe there's something else. But. Yeah. I mean, some of the things too that you know I do to be or to maintain creativity, which is having a fresh and agile and elastic mind, is what you do physically. And during the pandemic, I got a Peloton and I rode it like every single day. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but since then, I've evolved in my own approach to health and fitness, which is really important to me. And I exercise now in ways I never did when I was younger. I would do like some yoga and maybe go for a run. And now I do weightlifting pretty regularly. And I do do some yoga, but I do these physical things to me are not just they're good for you, which means nothing to me. It's like, uh, but to be strong in body is to be strong in mind. And so as I'm getting older, I'm lifting heavier weights. I'm doing more of that. I just think weightlifting doesn't get enough attention, especially with women. And I think you want to feel powerful, face your own resistance. And there's nothing with weights, but you and resistance, you and the ability of, can you pull that thing down one more time? 
What's it like to tremble in the state of resistance? There's such incredible strength there. And that is something that's new and that I want to continue through old age. Yeah. I've been doing some writing about cognitive health and ageless aging and just researching what strength training and resistance training does for your brain in terms of producing neurochemicals that spur Mm -hmm. the genesis of new neurons and more connections through neurons. It's, I love that I never really thought of it as working with resistance, but I think that it is literally. And then also thinking about how it rewires your brain. It's also helping with that mental resistance. Are there things that you feel that you are out of step with or you think or believe that are out of step with people in your peer group? So people who are of a similar age to you. (laughs) How am I out of it with them Mm -hmm. kind of thing? Oh my gosh, don't even get me started. (laughs) I'm Gen X and I tend to hang out with people who are younger than me. Like my friends and even my boyfriend is technically millennial. Like I have friends, of course, my own age, but the thing that I don't like about, and I'll say our generation, Kate, because we are both Gen X, is there is this, you know, we were like latchkey generation, like that kind of like invisible, not paying attention to you guys. It just grow up, you know? Totally. And there is a cynicism there and a kind of resentment that I sense. And it's not just women, it's not just men. Even when I was doing more dating of more people, where I'm in a relationship now, I found the men who were my age, there was a little bit of an edge to it. I was like, I don't like that. Whereas the younger men seem to be more open, a little more upbeat. So I don't connect with that. When I meet up with friends now, who are you know my age, we went to school together. Mm-hmm. One of my friends said, well, don't you think that like at our age, I have a friend who's, you know, we're the same age, we went to college together. And she said, well, don't you think, she's thinking about making a career change. She's like, but don't you think at our age, and I go, bop, 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 bop. I go, what do you mean? What, think about what you're about to say. At our age, what? What is the difference? She's 50. I said, okay, so you want to have a different career or you're thinking it's too hard. So should we just wait till you drop dead? Is that the end? Do you have one foot in the grave now? This idea that like, well, and I'm like, no, I don't know if it's a denial thing. Who knows what it is? But I don't like this sort of angry and mad at thing. Like, I will find that wears me down. So I don't feel in step with that. And people who I meet tend to think I'm younger because I tend to sound like them in my approach to technology. That's a whole other thing. Please don't tell me you're bad at tech. Like, I can't. You'll figure it out. Like, books are technology. You figured that out. (laughs) This kind of, oh, I can't because this sort of resigned idea that I'm this and so I can't do that or learn that. I think if you want to come across as old, start telling people what you can't do. (laughs) Is there something that you were taught? And I'm teeing you up here because I feel like this is your your stock in trade, which is kind of (laughs) calling out things that are crocs of shit. But is there something that you were taught that you now have come to see is an absolute crock of shit. And how have you replaced or rewritten that idea? Well, one thing that comes to mind, and this isn't such a bad thing, which is, again, don't make someone feel bad. Don't hurt someone's feelings. Accommodate. Be flexible. Be sweet. There's nothing wrong with being a nice and accommodating person. And I believe that I am. But I feel like I've come back against that with a vengeance because 
well, I just got done saying I was not cynical, but listen, hashtag patriarchy, there's a lot to be mad about. (laughs) And I found that that rage and that awareness grows, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I live in a time where I can speak up and I am going to speak up and say kind of what I want to who I want. I would be normally when I was younger, sort of cowed by, oh, that's an, that's an older man. You should listen to him. Or it's not my mother's fault. Okay. But my mother would say like, oh, no, don't, don't, don't make him feel bad. Like if I was going to have a birthday party, am I not, you know, a sleepover party in sixth grade? I'm not going to invite everyone. Well, you don't want to make him feel bad. So that's in my mind. Live to not hurt people. Like, Something you want to do could step on someone's toes. That's where that fear comes from for me. I know it does. Mm. I think that we should step and apologize after if you step on someone's face. But I mean, I, I am trying to be not less careful, but less concerned and realizing, and I, this is something I tell other people all the time, is like your whole point in life, your whole life, which is only yours, you were not invented in order to simply accommodate other people. And I just see people doing that and putting everything else they want on hold. And there is not a limitless amount of time. In fact, quite the opposite. We don't know how much time we have left. So you've got to take advantage of it. And yeah, if you're going to live a life you want, you're going to disappoint some people. You're going to tick off some people. And I think I'm so, I'm a Libra. Like I'm so not wanting to do that. But I tell myself, too bad. Like, I'm really careful about what I apologize for. I only apologize for things that I'm, I did wrong that I am very sorry about. I do not apologize because someone else was hurt when I didn't do anything wrong. All right, Terry, thank you for letting us into your thought processes. Finding the Throughline airs one interview per week, broken up into three episodes that come out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for free. Skip the ads and get each interview in one longer episode by becoming a paid subscriber at katehanley.substack.com. Even if you aren't ready to get out your wallet just yet, become a free subscriber at katehanley.substack.com and receive the full show notes with links to everything my guests and I cover. However you listen, thank you. Finding the Throughline is edited by Sound Advice Strategies. Connect with me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. Here's a little preview of what's to come in part three of this interview. All right. Well, I want to wrap things up with my five fast questions for you. You ready? Oh, God. I'm so afraid I'm not going to have answers. I'm Kate Hanley, and this is Finding the Throughline. More to come on Friday.